what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This is The Writer's Voice, a podcast collaboration between TheMesh.tv and Lenorine University, a spotlight on writing talent in Western North Carolina. Hello and welcome to The Writer's Voice here on TheMesh.tv. Today we are featuring Isabel Reed, a senior English major at Lenorine University. Thank you for being here, Isabel. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Great. We are too. Today, Isabel is going to be sharing some of her poetry with us and then sticking around afterwards for some questions. But without further ado, Isabel, the floor is yours. Thank you. I think I'm going to start off with Columbawa. Columbawa. I hated that question. Standard on every standardized test. Race, ethnicity, only select one. My eyes flick over three options. Hispanic, Latino, Native American, white, Caucasian. What am I? Can race and ethnicity cross paths, or do they grow parallel, always within sight, never in flesh? I stand on one side and look at the other. Two countries separated by water churned white. That is my color. It's what I am. I check the box and move on. Yet yeah, I'm empty inside, drained of my reality. My mother takes my flower face inside her olive hands. Oigame esto. You are not defined as a color. You are, you are not a what, but a who. Digame, now who are you? Soy Colombiana. My father takes me to his side, his eyes the same as mine. You are a member of a tribe, a Chippewa from the Turtle Clan. Descended from our chieftains, I can see it in your bones. You wear well their ancient pride. I belong to all and none. In truth, only one. An empty space to write. Columbawa. Gringa. Por toda mi vida he sido una gringa. No importa que mi madre es colombiana... Todo lo que importa es que mi pelo es rubio, mis ojos son verdes, y no hablo con la lengua de mis antepasados, porque no reflejo la imagen que tú esperas. No quiere decir que soy invisible. No hay una palabra que me describe. No hay una etiqueta detrás de mi cabeza. Y no hay caja en donde puedes meterme. Y sí, no hablo español fácilmente, pero te puedo cantar la nana que mi abuelita me cantaba cuando era una gringuita. Cierres tus ojos y escuches. Quizás por un momento te olvidarás que soy gringa y sentirás la sangre caliente de mi madre que corre por mis venas. Okay, so this is uh, the rough translation. White girl. For my whole life, I've been a white girl. It's not important that my mother is Colombian. All that's important is that my hair is blonde, my eyes are green, and I can't speak my ancestors' language. Just because I don't reflect the image that you desire does not mean that I'm invisible. There is no word that can describe me, no title above my head. 
and no box that you can put me in. And yes, I don't speak Spanish easily, but I can sing you the lullaby that my grandmother sang me, sang to me when I was a little white girl. Close your eyes and listen. Maybe, for just a moment, you'll forget that I'm a white girl and feel the hot blood of my mother that runs through my veins. En Español Yo soy una bebé, avanzando lentamente mientras los otros corren por la lengua. Mis palabras son feas y mis oraciones son cortos. Soy una mujer inteligente con la boca de una niñita, como una niñita que tiene el dolor de dientes. Cada tiempo me abro la boca, tengo dolor aguado y silencio pesado. Mis pensamientos llenan la mente, pero la boca res les reprimieron. Antes del mundo puede, o puede oír. Las palabras que pueden escapar de mi mente son irregulares, pero sinceros. No hay espacio por la belleza o la elegancia. Solamente la verdad puede quedar bien en la lengua de español. And here's the translation for this. In Spanish, I am a baby, slowly crawling while others run in the language. My words are ugly and my sentences short. I am an intelligent woman with the mouth of a child, a child with a toothache. Every time I open my mouth, only sharp pain and pressing silence come out. My thoughts flood my mind, but my mouth damn them before the world may hear. The words that do escape me are unseemly, but sincere. There is no space for the beautiful or the eloquent. Only truth can fit in the Spanish tongue. Phonetic Speller I know how I spell. There is no need for you to point. My ears and hands are directly linked by a silver spindle of thought and sound. Call me a phonetic speller. I believe spelling is math, an equation. F equals pH. As according to the transitive property of English, that doesn't deem me an ignoramus. I am a phonetic speller. Spelling is a condescending puzzle. One wrong piece, it chuckles and sneers. Poor thing can't see a thing, her eyes are all mixed up. I'm not blind, just a phonetic speller. Spelling is a bad teacher, bitter and burnt out. Too tired to notice that I am human too, deserving of a chance to lift my head and say, I know the answer. E is O, but my past mistakes ever glint red and when spelled out, read unworthy, nothing but a phonetic speller. Spelling is life. It requires balance, a give and take of thought. Too much O, not enough E. Write, cross it out, rewrite, move on, one letter at a time. I grow stronger, dare I say wiser. Words may fool me, but I am no fool. I am a fighter, a writer, and least of all, a phonetic speller. Thank you so much. Those were amazing. And I have several questions now to ask, if you don't mind. Um, again, thank you for being here and sharing your work with us, because I 
I do realize it's a very personal thing. So I'm going to kind of start from the beginning of what I heard, and then we'll finish up with some info for everyone to understand about some of your work. So it sounds very personal. It sounds very history driven. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit about your motivation on some of these pieces. I guess these pieces are written out of a desire to understand the complexities of self-identity and language. Uh, The two that are in Spanish, I actually wrote for a class. Um, It was like a a Latinx uh, literature class, exploring all the nuances of race and ethnicity and of the experiences of Latinx people in America. And this was my final project. I wrote a, um, a collection of poems to explore where I fell in that. Also, as a, as a Latina who doesn't look Latina at all. Right, right. And obviously, this is a podcast, but I can vouch for that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, do you speak the language fluently? Did you, were you raised with it or no? In my household, we mainly spoke English. Okay. Because my dad doesn't speak Spanish. Uh, but, my grandma, my grandfather, all of my mom's family primarily spoke in Spanish. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm really close to being fluent, yeah. but there's still some hesitation, uh, which is why I push myself through this poetry to kind of embrace the language and what it means to me. Definitely. What is your process of writing? I'm always curious. Um, mainly because this was not something I'm as comfortable with. And this came across so fluid and beautiful. Do you, you know, lock yourself in a room when you're writing? Are you, does it come to you? Do you take notes over time on things you want to say? What are some of your processes? I guess for me, it's whenever I have an idea or a lot of it comes in images or memories, uh, I will remember something or see something and then immediately I have to write it down. My notebooks are filled with like unfinished poems, uh, just because I write it literally at the closest like thing I can write on and with. Uh, (laughs) Do you feel that all of your work has come from personal experience or do you get inspired by just things around you or other people's stories or do you make stuff up you know I mean what (laughs) where do you get your um the the background for most of your work most of my work comes from personal experience but I know that it's not limited to me I know that I'm not the only person who has issues spelling Um, And I'm not the only person that has problems with their race and their ethnicity and how they identify themselves. Um, And that's why I write, really, is to be a voice for people who experience these things but don't have the chance to talk about it, to know that there are other people feeling the exact same way. When did you realize that you had a talent for writing? I was actually in middle school. I had a teacher come up to me after some assignment, and she told me that I I have an ear for, like, a poetic language. And so I started writing then. I stopped around high school 
the beginning of college, and I just now started back again. Again, I had a professor who saw potential in me and recommended that I start writing again, so here I am. (laughs) Well, rumor has it that you may be taking this pretty seriously as something to look forward to in the future as possibly a career or utilizing your writing somehow. What are your future plans? Mm, I hate that question. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I I have to answer it a lot recently. I guess my future plans are to go back to school, either get a degree in MFA or um, English literature. Ultimately, I want to teach at a university. um, And I also want to have the freedom to be able to publish my work and to work on that as an artist. Well, that's amazing. I'm sure that we will be hearing a lot from you in the future. And I did want to mention that the last poem you did, Phonetic Speller, I had the privilege of seeing it ahead of time. And I I almost had to chuckle when I first opened (laughs) it up because it is written phonetically. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so unfortunately we lose a little bit with it being an audio recording. However, we do want to publish that one on our webpage with, along with your episodes so that people can go and see how it's written because it slowly becomes, you know, the ending is, is, and I will leave it for themselves (laughs) to see, but I, I, uh, encourage people to go and look at it online, but, um, that was amazing to hear your stuff. I really enjoyed. And this is the first time on the show that we've had someone reading in a different language. And um, so I think that's really wow. unique. And it was the first episode I've had with it. <laughs> um, and and I, I enjoy that um, because I don't speak that language. But I could feel the story, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't quite sure what it was being said. <laughs> so um, thank you so much. And, you know, uh, just... Do you have anything to share about your experience at Lenore Ryan and what your experience in the English department has been and what it means to you? My experience at LR has been amazing. I transferred in as a senior uh, with three years at Chapel Hill, and Chapel Hill is a great school. Mm-hmm. It just was not a great school for me. Right. Um And so I came in my senior year very disillusioned and thinking, I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to get my degree and get out. Uh Uh, But the staff and the faculty, the students have been amazing. I've gotten to know my professors. They've been working with me on my poetry. They've been encouraging me, giving me feedback. I could not ask for a better experience at LR. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on your success this far. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you and hopefully you'll come back and share more stuff with us in the future. Oh, absolutely. Excellent. Great. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your voice. And we thank all of you at home for listening in to find out more about the talent coming out of Hickory, North Carolina and Lenore Ryan University. Please visit www.lr.edu and keep listening to the mesh.tv for more readings, excerpts and insights. So until next time, thank you for listening.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.